1: Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd on this Martin Luther King Day. Robin, I have a message for Mr. King. Okay, go for it. I'd like to thank him for ensuring that I can't replace my company credit card today, for having my kids (laughs) home from school with no babysitter, and then not being able to mail my Visa card check. So thank you, Dr. King. You know,
2: it's there there are um, a lot of holidays that are floating holidays, but it doesn't matter if it's a floating holiday when the, all of the uh, financial institutions and uh, federal offices are closed. So <laughs> it doesn't help us out, does
1: it? No, and of course, you know, it all has to happen this weekend. I have to lose my credit card. I think it went through the wash, you know, and I thought I had the numbers written down, and, you know, I've got a payment due, and I'm like, oh, it's due by Wednesday, and today's a holiday, so it's all At good. least,
2: thank goodness, we're in a world where we can do some of this virtually. I mean, I don't like putting an awful lot online, but, you know, there are times that it's really kind of nice that we have at least a, a virtual option for these things nowadays.
1: That's true. That's true, because I do. I pay my mortgage the day it's due online, mm-hmm. you know, and I make the bank transfer, mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. I don't ever have to worry about it being lost in the mail, and then they give me a confirmation number, and, you know, one time they didn't post it to my account, and they, you know, charged me money the next statement. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I have my confirmation number. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, isn't that something? You know, I I, I just there's I, when we stop and think of years and years ago, we didn't have the cell phones, we didn't have the um, the uh, online options, and you think, wow, we really have things so pretty convenient
1: now. <laughs> oh, so much easier, so much easier. It's so kind of funny,
2: sometimes you, you oh, I was just going to say how we watch an old time show, sometimes we'll watch a rerun from, from way back and we'll say, they're stopping to look for a payphone, how funny.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we do go back in time with my dad visiting here because he watches Hogan's Heroes and mm-hmm. he watches um, the Rockford Files on Netflix and mm-hmm. then he watches the Channel, so we really don't get past 1975 in this house. <laughs> That's okay in my book.
0: <laughs> oh
2: gosh, that's really great. Hey, have you been checking in on puppies at all since since last week? I have the puppies not. are
1: walking now. <laughs> oh I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything fun. Even my dad is like, Oh my god, you live like an old lady. You know, I've been getting up at five, I've been doing my workouts with Autumn. Um, we ramped it up. Week and I got, I was really excited, Rob. I got two uh, things um, in the mail. One was these Zumba DVDs. Oh my God, they're so much fun. It's like I laugh and fall over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good for you. Yeah, yeah, and the other one is coming, the Jillian Michaels that that I was encouraged to get because, you know, there's no way I can get to a gym. I can't afford a gym. I can't afford the time to drive to the gym, much less the gas to get to the gym. Mm -hmm. So I've been going out sometimes in my 19 degree garage. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm hoping I burn twice the calories just because it's cold,
2: just because you're cold, yeah, good for you for doing <laughs> it though, and one of the things we were talking about last week is just finding the mindset and and moving forward I, we were as we were saying, sometimes it's hard to keep a a new year's resolution per se, but to have a new attitude, a new rebirth, if you will. I think that's what we have to do, and then we're not necessarily letting each uh, letting ourselves down we're we're just saying, okay. I'm going to try, I'm going to try, and then when we do try, um, hopefully it's it's success. So good yeah, for you, Yeah,
1: I like, my dad, too, you know, he's 78, and we were in the, we have a hot tub outside, and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we were all in the tub, and he was showing me his arm. He's like, look, I have loose skin for the first time in, like, 28 years, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, dad.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness, isn't it amazing what we talk about, huh? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to eat better. You know, I'm not trying to make it a family diet or anything like that. I'm really just trying to, you know, get our nutrition better and, and mm-hmm. um You know, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of organization, and it is a big change. i have used to dumping, you know, a box of macaroni and cheese in and then eating it and Mm wonder why I'm fat. So, you know, to now tuck into a salad and, you know, vegetables with the kids. And I thought, you know, Rob, the kids would really, you know, balk at this. But they love the sliced up vegetables, they love the crunchies, you know, and they haven't said to me, like, where are the chips, where are the cookies? Because, unfortunately, if mom has no self-control, those things can't be in the house.
2: Right, right, and you know what? Too a lot of times when kids are helping out to cook these things, they're going to want to eat them even more. Um, I I know my son to this day is uh, almost thirty years old, and he loves cooking, but he enjoyed cooking even as a kid. So, you know, I think it's I, I think it's important to get the kids involved in cooking. And by the way, Sandra, we did watch that movie called uh, Food Matters. We did get it from Netflix. Uh, there 's another one very similar to it, and talk about an awareness it's i, I can 't say that anything was like totally a surprise but to be able to put it with statistics and to be able to put it into uh, sort of a whole uh, message really was important and impactful um, for everyone listening this this movie really in talked about the nutritional value of food and how our bodies are really marvelous and we're inundated with pills and we're inundated with supplements and we're inundated with these things that really if we were to slow down and step, take a step back and, and talk about whole foods and talk about good foods and the vitamins that our bodies need, um, a lot of s- smaller symptoms are going to not be a part of our lives.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's so many good ones on Netflix in the documentary uh, section. You know, Knives and Forks is another good one, Uh, Food First. Mm -hmm. You know, you think that, like, you know, I took a nutrition class in college, but not without, you know, some awareness of this stuff, but this was stuff that's, like, culturally different, you know, things that have changed, Mm -hmm. like how much sugar is in everything, and, you know, you eat, like, five pounds of sugar if you were a kid in the Mm -hmm. 30s, and you eat 150 Mm -hmm. pounds. You know, if you're a kid in the 90s, because of all the sneaky sugar. And, um,. You know, it's really good that we educate ourselves and we we make choices because that's the thing that I resented, Rob, from watching all these food documentary videos. It's like when I look at how much corn syrup and how much sugar is in, like, spaghetti sauce, you know, all the different brands. It's Mm -hmm. not just, you know, one is the big, you know, offender. When I'm trying to feed my kids healthy and I pick up, you know, a big-name brand spaghetti sauce, I don't expect it to be full of sugar. Right. And I know right. I'm supposed to read the menu or read the label and stuff, but I didn't, it never occurred to me to read the label on certain items like salad dressing or ketchup exactly. or, you know, and that's where I felt really kind of ripped off by the manufacturers or mad because I wouldn't choose to put these things in my kids. And right. so as a result, I make my own salad dressings. I make my own spaghetti sauce. It takes me all Sunday, you mm-hmm. know, to cook spaghetti sauce for like three months. And I'm happy to do that, but I would have liked to have that choice. I would have liked to know, hey, guess what? This is the third sugar that you're dumping on your kid's noodles.
2: Right, right. And we're not as fortunate up in the northeast to have naturopathic or holistic or uh people that are as much in prevalence and unfortunately everything is so expensive as it is um yeah you really do have to make that extra effort in in some parts of the country to even go that to that degree so good for you Sandra, for doing that yeah
1: i mean you know i just I just was really alarmed at how much, you know, sugar was in everything. And I wouldn't have known about a lot of this stuff if it hadn't been the nutritionist that was on Motherhood Talk Radio a couple of years. And then my um, friend right. uh, who who's the doctor in naturopathic medicine. And granted, you know, English is her third language, so she just goes through my kitchen and says, This is garbage! This is garbage! And then she <laughs> throws it out. And then I have to dig through the trash to get it back and read the label to figure out what's in it and why it's garbage. Uh, But, you know, our awareness is raised, and as a result, just by changing some of these things, my weight and my dad's weight have gone down without any appreciable, you know, major crazy exercising.
2: Right. And I think... When your body processes everything well, you're feeling better. Even if you're not necessarily seeing a huge difference in the, on the scale, you're feeling better. Your body is is functioning better. You're oxygenating better. You're more aware you're not sluggish in the middle of the afternoon as much. I mean, of course, we all get tired with the schedules that we keep. Of course, we're going to be tired. But um, I think when you're not in the best of health, you're just constantly compounding that sluggishness so um oh, yeah it, when I it would go really
1: Diet Coke and you know like like radio time you know it was mid-afternoon for me and that's the time mm-hmm. I'd reach for like Diet Coke or candy bar or something and I will tell you even getting up at this ungodly hour of like you know 400 in mm-hmm. the morning sometimes 500 if I'm lucky mm-hmm. it's really tough on me but you would think I'd have all this tiredness in the afternoon and because my dietary changes have changed and the sugar has left my system and left my, you know, kind of whole lifestyle. I don't have that exhaustion going, Oh, I gotta get on the radio, give me my diet coke now.
2: (laughs) That's right. And especially when we have great guests like our first guests today, I mean who cannot be excited? We've got a couple of gals and talking about nutrition, if you are not a tea drinker, you really have to take a second look at tea because tea has so many health benefits. Not just to please us in the afternoon with a with a cookie, but there are recipes that this that these gals are publishing as well. So it's not just um, a a social something to share. It is definitely something that's going to be good for us and good for our bodies. (laughs) i know you gotta throw the cookie in there so be sure to stay tuned with after the break we've got loose tea coming to visit us and telling us all the health benefits that we can find in tea
0: Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin
3: Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Kids, do you think you're creative? Do you want to be? Don't have enough time for your arts, crafts, and hobbies? Or do you just need a kick in the pants? Hi, I'm Mark Lipinski, the host of Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, right here on TogiNet Radio. Come on and join me every Wednesday afternoon for some creative inspiration and two of the fastest, fun filled hours of your week. Hey, need ideas? How about a little motivation and a lot of inspiration? Join the fun on Creative Mojo with me, Mark Lipinski. I'm here live every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, right here on toginet.com. Now what are you waiting for? We'll put a boot in your ass, it's in. Your name at the top of his list and a statue of Started
0: shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com, covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Red, white,
1: Hello, moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And Robin, would you like to know my lifetime experience with tea?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we
1: have to know. (laughs) When I was a little girl, my grandma and my mom would always sit down and drink tea, and I was like, "Oh, it's an old lady drink. It's an old lady drink." And then my older sister told me I could get a tan, and this is a true story because tea has tannins in it. Um, I could get yeah. a tan from tea bags. So I would sit out in the sun, you know, because I'm so pale, and she would tan beautifully. And I'd sit there with these tea bags, you know, siphon them off for my mom my grandma, rub them up and down my arms, rub them up and down my legs. Then she tells me tea brightens my hair. So I'm literally sticking tea in my hair, you know, and then when I get older, I read this thing, oh, tea is good for acne. So I'm sticking tea, but I found my face. Well, finally, I just decided I didn't get tan. It didn't fix my hair. It didn't fix my acne. Um, But what happened was when I had my second baby, all of a sudden, I had this tremendous craving for teas. and. I, I was just a Lipton girl I'll be honest I only was experienced with that as a kid that's all you know we ever had in our house and my doctor of naturopathic medicine woman doctor friend gave me this tea ball you know it's like this little mesh ball that you right, open up right. and, you know and I thought well do I rip the tea bags off and put the tea in there and you know finally got my first real like loose tea tea that like just out um, you know into this tea ball and what I found out and this is one of the reasons that I I wanted loose tea to come on because there is so many options. There were all these great flavors that kind of killed my craving for chocolate, for butterscotch, for caramel, for cinnamon. And I could have these instead of like an after-dinner snack. I could have the after-dinner tea. And I remember my mom always putting cinnamon and peppermint sticks and, tea, you know, lemons, all these things. And that was her after-dinner and after-lunch kind of snack. And I was oh. like, this is so cool. So, yeah,
2: there's my tea story. <laughs> there's your tea story. Well, we have Mindy and Brittany from Loose Tea, and I bet they have a lot of concoctions for you. Hi, ladies. How are you? Good. How
4: are you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we should say hello to the dames instead of the, or the dams instead of the ladies. Um, where are you calling from?
5: We're calling from the Orlando area. We're just a few exits from Disneyland.
2: Oh, well will say hello to my daughter. She's right in your backyard.
4: Oh,
2: wow. <laughs> great. oh. Just visiting. You...
4: Oh, she's visiting?
2: Yes, she is. She's down there for a vacation, and she'll be coming back on Tuesday. So she better have a coat on because it's like zero up here right now.
5: <laughs> okay. well, our weather's great here, so she came at a good time. <laughs> she did. So we have Mindy Ferris and Brittany Houlihan on the line with us.
1: They are the owners of Loose Tea, and you can check that out. It's got a different spelling. It's dot acom And, girl, what is Loose Tea? What is, what, what is that?
4: Well, um, we are an online website carrying loose leaf tea, uh, a spice blend called Crushed, and tea accessories. And we actually just start. We just had our first year anniversary, um, December twenty third. So wow. yes, it's exciting. We're still in the startup phase, but it's every day's an adventure. <laughs> That's exciting.
2: You are not new to tea. You have experienced tea from many different regions. How did that come about?
5: Well, we are a retired military family that traveled and lived in many places. And so and we finally settled down, but we we're in it, and now we're able to, to uh, pursue our passion. But all of the traveling we found that tea bonds people, and it's consumed differently everywhere around the world, and we love that cultural aspect to tea.
2: Tea is a ritual. I have a friend, and it is a ritual with my friend. Um, the, the tea has to be poured just so. The tea with the temperature of the water has to be just so. It has to steep for just so long. It really, I'm sure you found this in many of the countries that you traveled in, that this is not just uh, something you drink on the go. This is something that you really sit down as a part of your your daily lives.
4: Yes, Um and there's even, you know, in different countries, Morocco is famous for their America, um, the Moroccan mint teas. Um, when you go to India, they're famous for their chais. Um, so different regions also um, are are popular for different teas.
2: Did you um, always like tea or was it because of your travels that you all of a sudden realized how uh, important this is just from a cultural standpoint?
5: Well, I'm the mother. This is Mindy. And I I, actually, I love tea since I was a young girl. I love listening to Sandra's story about uh, when she was young, because when I was a, a young girl, My grandmother had actually begged tea as well, but it was the the ritual of going over to her home and she would steep a pot of tea and we would sit and it was always a black tea with, she actually used condensed sweetened milk and sugar. And it was just such a treat. And I, I, I loved it. It was like probably one of my best memories of being with my grandmother because it was one-on-one time and it was in the kitchen. And so
4: I actually have drank tea pretty much my whole life. And uh, I grew up on it as well. I mean, I'm not a coffee drinker and hot chocolate, although I wish I could drink every day. That's just a little too sweet. So I start, I start my mornings and end my nights pretty much with tea.
2: Sandra, do you, how do you take your tea?
1: Well, I'm really picky, I have to be honest. I have like mm-hmm. these plastic mugs that I drink my coffee drinks in, but it went, and it comes to tea. And, and you know what, Mindy, this does go back to my grandma. I have her little teacups and they're beautiful. They're like have roses on them and lilies and one of them is purple with violets on them. And I have to have like my little pot of hot water and then my teacup and then it has to have my little, you know, the little um, saucer underneath it. And I am a sipper, and I will sit there, and I will sip, and I will relax. And I don't know what it does to me, but because I'm really a hyper type A person, I can actually sit down and quietly enjoy my tea. The aroma calms me down, the little cup, but I have to have a pretty teacup. I'm really funny that way, or I won't drink tea. <laughs> <laughs> if plastic, just, just walk on by if you have plastic cup.
2: And I think that's part of this, like I say, it's a process, it's a ritual, and it, it invokes all of those wonderful memories, like you say, and it does, it physically, emotionally, sensually, just calms you down. Uh, there's nothing like a cup of tea. Um, talk about some of the health benefits, ladies, because we were talking in the first segment about some of uh, the things that we're trying to do this year to just be more sensible with our health. How can tea be? Uh, an a, a good choice for us
4: well, um, tea is calorie free, so unless you're adding um, your milks or honeys or sugars, uh, there's no calories in it. Um, it also is full with antioxidants. Um, so about two cups is has the equivalent of antioxidants of uh, a serving of fruit or vegetables. Um, And then there's less caffeine drinking a cup of tea than there is uh, a cup of coffee. So you don't get the jitters that you do with it. And um, a lot of people say they don't get the indigestion so much with the caffeine and tea compared to coffee. And then you have purported (laughs) tea benefits. Uh, In the news you'll hear about them doing research on um, cancer prevention, fighting against heart attack and stroke. Um, and these are things that there's still, there's articles out there, but they're still researching it. Yeah, yeah.
2: What about the flavored teas? Are they um, not necessarily tea as in like a black leaf or a, a, a green leaf? Sorry. Are the flavored teas, are are they definitely still a tea or are they other, like, uh, greens or herbs? They are a tea, though, correct? Because um, well, some of the herbal teas that we see, I think, I look at the label and I think, there, I don't see any tea in there.
4: Correct. Um, so uh, we sell black, greens, oolongs, white, and pu'er, and those are all tea. They all come from the Camellia sinensis. It's the same plant, mm-hmm. and the difference is how the leaf is processed um now a tisane or an herbal tea are your rooibos, um honeybush chamomile uh, and mints there's lots of other ones as well um but those they don't have caffeine in them and they don't come from the camellia sinensis so I see. Um, they're just herbals
2: yeah wow wow what's your favorite mindy
4: well,
5: I I actually start every morning with a black tea and my crushed spices for a chai, mm-hmm. and then throughout the day I love Darjeeling. If I'm going to have a black straight, I'll drink Darjeeling. Uh, I'm kind of a plain gal, but um, throughout the day then I will drink a white tea, which Boo is my favorite, or a actually an oolong, baozong. I love. Um, they're not they're they're a smoother tea, and um, I don't you, I, like. I would never put cream or milk or anything in those. I, I would drink those straight or maybe with it just a, a pinch of sugar.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to put a little bit of honey in mine, too. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes before the break, ladies, and I'm just so thrilled to have found your website, including the recipes that you have on your blog. And I want to encourage everybody to go to your website, l u h s e tea.com and uh, check out the blogs that are there as well as I also wanted to say with all of our military families that are traveling right now you just never know what your experiences are going to lend to you for uh, opportunities when you come back uh, and and are finally uh, severed and are stationed back home or or are living back home what a wonderful story ladies uh, Mindy Ferris and uh, Brittany and I better ask you to um, uh, say your last name, Brittany.
4: Oh, it's Brittany Houlihan. Houlihan.
2: Oh, thank you. I wasn't quite sure and I knew I wasn't going to do it right. So, ladies, thank you so much from Loose Tea and guess what I'm going to steep during the break. <laughs> On the other side, we've got Dr. Suzanne Phillips. You won't want to miss our, our chat with her. Mm-hmm.
0: Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system, keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd, and we'll be right back after these.
3: Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions? in both their business and personal lives. Then Off the Record, Secrets of, with host Judy Schreiner, is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink.
4: Cause
3: there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA
0: Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com
1: Military moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. Oh, wasn't that T section fun? <laughs> it was, and I
2: hope we have them back again to talk a little bit more about their travels as a military family, because that is. Um, something that not everybody is able to do. Sometimes we have families whose uh soldier or troop are deployed and the family has has stayed stateside and what a wonderful opportunity that they've had just like my my nephew and uh, niece in law if that's a, if that's a word.
1: <laughs> um are able to travel.
2: What a wonderful experience.
1: It is. It is. Um, you know what else is a wonderful experience that people are having now? I'm experiencing it on the air as we speak, is when um, grandparents come to live with you either full or part-time, um, mm-hmm. and you have little kids, because it's really interesting, Rob, to see, you know, my dad's 78, my kids are mm-hmm. 6 and 9, um, really big generational differences, but then you watch, you know, Grandpa play Wii with the 6-year-old, Um yeah.
2: It's We've fun. got it here, too. We, we're a multi-generational
1: house, too. You are. You are. And um, you had uh, the three generations, like I did, caring for your parent and for your children at the same time, which does present some unique challenges as well as some, you know, unique really, really funny situations. So I'd like to bring on Dr. Suzanne Phillips to talk a little bit about what we call the sandwich generation. Suzanne, are you with us? I'm right
6: with you and thanks for having me again. Hi ladies. We
1: Hi. Really love having you here.
6: So we I think there's so many of us who actually are in the situation of what we've called the sandwich generation. Probably one in eight Americans are caring for children, whether they're little ones like yours, Sandra, or adult children, as well as parents. And as you've sort of implied, it's a gift, but it's also a challenge. Most people would not give it up, but as one woman said, mm, don't just call us the sandwich generation, call us heroes. So I would say there's a lot there's a lot for those of us sandwiched in between to sort of juggle. And uh, what I wanted to talk tonight a little bit about is not just the logistics, and I will say – Certainly with deployment, the logistics become a bit challenging because not only are we dealing with children and grandparents' finances, medical, forms, times, schools, coming and going, but, of course, the deployment cycle in which roles keep changing. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is certainly juggling all that as a feat in and of itself, but it's the emotional challenges that Mm -hmm. go with dealing with being surrounded by people who need your care that I really wanted to focus on a little bit. One of the things, um, and I just wrote about this, is that probably if you think about it, ladies, the, the closest genetic tie we have, the people who most shape our identity, and the people with whom we probably have the most basic attachment ties are our children and our parents which means they are a group that we really fear loss of love, that we really want to please, and at the same time we worry about their judgment. So it means that in the midst of taking care of a little one's needs or a college kid's needs or young adults who've moved in with you as well as grandma and grandpa or one or the other, we really have to figure out, is it okay to say no to them? It's very hard to say no to our children or our parents. Most people will tell me it's easier to say no to a friend or a spouse than it is to their children or their parents. I the re- concur. It, yeah, because concur. It, it you know it's it's like with a with a with a very good friend or a partner, it's an adult relationship. But when we're dealing with our children and our parents. It's interesting how blended those groups really are because whenever oh, we're parenting our kids, we have memories of being a kid, and we're starting to see a lot of our parent in ourselves, good or bad.
1: Well, and the parenting changes, uh, Dr. Suzanne. Like when, you know, your kids are little and your parents are old, it's kind of the same boat. You know, no, you can't have that to eat. I don't care if you're my dad or my kid. Um, it, it the roles start to change, and they blur, and it, it's very confusing. And for me, it was really unsettling in the beginning.
6: Well, it, to me, what was interesting is as the kids got older, you know, when you, to be a good parent, you're supposed to be very attuned, know when they need to sleep, know when they need to eat, have the right sweater, the shoes. As they get older, less is better. I mean, try telling a 20-year-old that he needs gloves when he's headed to Buffalo forget it but on the other hand with the parents as they're aging we're going from less to more care but we have to present it as less care because they don't want to believe that they're aging or infirm in some way so as you say it gets it gets really challenging
2: and I think what's difficult too is that when we were younger we interpreted uh certain boundaries from our parents when they were our parents but once those people became grandparents and we're in a different generation boundaries are different and for one reason or another it it's very difficult as that as the the uh, parent of children whose a, a grandparents are stepping in, it's hard to say, I don't want them to go here, or I don't want them to do that. And it, it sometimes it's very difficult for that different generation to understand why we're setting those boundaries.
6: It, it is very hard because, and it's funny, sometimes I'm working with the grandparent who's saying, I don't want to overstep my bounds, but it's clear to me that my daughter doesn't know what she's doing. Or <laughs> You know, or, and then sometimes you have the children's comments, like, why does grandpa get to use the remote and we don't? So that you get critiqued from both sides sometimes. Um, And sometimes they double team you, meaning that. They both agree, well, well, Grandpa will say to you, I don't understand why you're so hot on these boys. Or the boys will say, you know, Ma, you're really being a little mean to Grandma. She's only trying to help. So it's interesting to have an audience on all sides. When one woman said to me, you know, I think it's the audience thing that gets me the most because you're always worried one party well, no matter what generation is not going to be happy with what you do and likely they're not. So it makes for real challenges in terms of holding on to your own sense of credibility and, you know, your basic wish to help all these folks, but
1: it's not so easy. No, that's not easy. I in between, you know, the two, even just, you know, like, you know, I've had to lay down all these new laws in our house, which is this is what we get for dinner. You know, I don't care if it's planned because it's a low-sodium diet, as some salt, you know. <laughs> there's a True. lot of um, You know, you've got picky little eaters, and you've got, you know, a lot of times when people get older, they have health issues. Right. So just care a meal sometimes is enough to pull your hair out.
6: Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It's true. Or, or even traveling. After a while, you've put, you've strapped so many people into car seats, you almost don't want to get in the car, you know, you because you have such a carload of people who don't want that record on and want this music. So one of the things I started thinking about, what are some survival techniques for the sandwich generation? You know, those of us in between. I will say one thing, and I think you alluded to it before, sometimes the gift is actually having all these generations together i think you said that too robin the Mm multi-generational home because i will tell you my children learned to play cards from their grandmother and their grandfather i can't play cards i'm not good with numbers but they played with them for hours my mother was a wonderful storyteller they loved hearing her stories Mm -hmm. so that sometimes you know a grandpa wants to walk the door because if you throw pets in you 've got even more people to care or creatures to care about, but sometimes it's a gift to actually have these generations together because they really do in some way take care of each other the The challenge though and one of I think one of the big if I had to give any survival technique, it would be the right to say no. I think that it's very hard to say no, but I think if you 've can say no to any of the groups that you're caring for. You really protect everyone because you really have to be able to set boundaries in terms of how much caregiving you can give or you will not be able to sustain sustain your role. Remember, they need you. So Mm -hmm. all the time I'm telling people who are in between, when you're using your best love and judgment You have to be the one to set the limits because you're the prime caregiver in between all these groups of people. And part of that other balance, I say, is kind of buffer the stress by balancing and remembering in addition to being a caregiver, it's really important you have a little time remembering your adult identity apart from caregiving and whether that means you have a job. My my sister, who lives with her 98-year-old mother-in-law and her son and her daughter-in-law and two pets and another son, a filmmaker, who comes home every weekend, she's an educator, she's a reading specialist, she goes to work to rest, she tells me. And I think she does. And all kinds of things happen at her job, but it reminds her of her adult Identity And, you know, you get very good feedback when you're off task because your friends help you put some perspective sometimes on what you're dealing with. But mostly being off task, even if you're doing something that someone else feels is work, is actually very stress reducing for you. So that's a really good buffer to have those friends you meet, to have some sort of work that you might go to in addition to whatever, you know, stress reducing routines you have it doesn't have to be and it can never just be one week a year I mean if you're someone who does the sudoku puzzle every night or you go to yoga or you take the dog for a walk and escape whatever those things are when you're dealing with multi-generations you got to get away for a little while (laughs)
2: It's true. We're talking today with Dr. Suzanne Phillips. She's worked, uh, uh, published, and presented nationally and internationally on trauma, couples, uniform services, bereavement, and relationship addictions, if not uh, a whole lot more. We'll be back on the other side of this break to talk a little bit more with Dr. Suzanne. If you've missed any of our shows, you want to make sure that you tune into militarymomtalkradio.com and check out our IT. Tunes Podcasts. We're always there as well as right here on the Tokenet Network. Be back in a moment with more with Dr. Suzanne.
0: Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these
3: is there more living for you to do yes start living inspired be here for living inspired with Trisha Goyer Thursday afternoons at 4 3 p.m. central on toginet.com Trisha will dig deep in the topics that matter most to women inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts Trisha is a wife mom speaker family expert and author of 24 books Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, Tragedy and Triumph, revealing tips and strategies for us and these guest experts used to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day with the Gold Medal Success Show each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. We'll put a
4: in your ass, it's the American way hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list And a statue of liberty
3: started shaking
0: Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com
1: Hey, okay, moms, this is Sandra Beck, and we've had a great show today. We had Loose Tea on, so check them out if you missed the earlier segment, L-U-H-S-E. E-E-A.com. And now we're visiting Rob with uh, Dr. Suzanne Phillips, and we're talking about issues that face the sandwich generation. The sandwich generation is somebody like myself and Rob, and many of you listening today who have a parent living in your home along with your children. So that's why we call it We're the Sandwich, We're the mommies in the middle. And that can pose some significant challenges. And, Suzanne, how do we set these boundaries? I know I always set them when I'm fed up. You know, I lay down the law like from now on this is got to be this way and that's it. Blah, blah, blah. There's gotta be a better way to do it.
6: Um, okay, well let's let's talk about that, but I see also let's for a moment just expand our discussion to the very important role. Of course, it's still the sandwich generation, but we know, and you may know of um, Dr. Heidi Kraft, another psychologist, her wonderful book is Rule Number Three, and her twins were eight months old when she had to replace someone and was deployed, and what really made it work for her is her parents just packed up and moved in with her husband to take care of those little ones, and Heidi didn't returned until the, the the children were over a year old but one of the things she knew she had to let go of um she said i really had to stop parenting as a psychologist the folks who she was working with she she was with a surgical unit and i had to believe that my parents and my husband could really do it and so One of the things, it's a different kind of boundary, is that we have to broaden the boundary to really trust at times when we do bring parents in. I think there are loads of military couples um, who really could not do it without the help of parents. And sometimes there's always, and I've I've worked with uh, working moms and dads who've always had this kind of worry Will the kids know me? Will they mix up grandma and she, think she's the mom? And it's really a leap of faith, and it, it's an interesting thing. What helps the children is really trusting and not debating too much about what we're going to do because in the end whether they drank the chocolate milk and what sneakers they wore and the fact that the rules were a little bit looser while you were deployed and they they adjusted a bit when you came back children are unbelievably resilient what children have a hard time with is conflict between the adults around them so the more it's interesting. The more Heidi knew she had to let it be, the better they did. Another military mom, uh, she felt, she said it was from a cafe in Afghanistan that she was sending them the directives for doing the four year old birthday. And she said, I knew it made no sense, but I needed to do it. And my mom and dad knew I needed to do it, and I'm not sure what they did, but but she said they understood my need to sort of give those directives. So it goes on both sides. And so I think just in terms of boundaries, we can talk about tightening them, but we also have to talk about expanding them and letting them be flexible when we have grandparents coming in to step in to really help with the caregiving during deployment. Um, And, you know, those memories that are shared become really precious on all sides. But, I mean, I I always tell people, don't worry if too many people love your children. It's never going to be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of the other kinds of um, guidelines, and it fits somewhat. Sometimes we don't have the luxury of parents to step in, whether it is a deployment situation. And it is with, in fact, um, the help of other Military moms who are waiting for their spouses who are deployed. It is with the help of friends. It can even be with the help of hired caregivers. Now, that becomes an issue for people because sometimes when it's an aging parent, they do not want any helpers. And that's where I say to folks all the time, if you really want everyone or happiness and safety for all, you can't do it all sometimes you have to get very good at rehiring the caregivers that your parents fire because they don't think they need them sometimes you have to dare to look and look and look until you find someone who's going to help you with your children especially if you're a working mom and is and your partner is deployed you really have to become creative people work together readiness centers help i always think that if people don 't have a rigid rule in their head about how it has to unfold, creativity sort of emerges. Um, I think people can can use everything from church communities to brother in laws to other families. To help in terms of caregiving, Um, we certainly know that about everything from carpooling to um, doing dual birthday parties. But I think the answer about boundaries is to know two things: what you can and can't do on your own. If you can't do it, everybody wins if you get help. And so, really, at times, be flexible. And I think the flex go ahead.
1: Suzanne, one of the things you said like, that I think is really worth repeating, you know, because so much I was listening very intently because you're describing a lot of my life. One thing that you said was so important is you can't lose when too many people love your kids. Because you know my children were left with not only my parents but with you know a long term babysitter nanny you know who didn 't you know was bilingual, so my kids would speak Spanish to her and then they 'd speak English to me and At first, I felt really threatened because i didn 't know you know here my kids are bonding with pa- grandparents and you know i 'm working and there 's nobody else you know it was really hard for me, and you know it took me a couple of years to sink into the relation the, the realization that You can't lose when a lot of people love your kids, and just Mm -hmm. because they love somebody else, they love Grandpa or they love Anna, doesn't mean they love you any less. That Mm -hmm. took me, you know, a couple years to live into, if that makes sense. I kept trying to trust what my therapist and my other friends in the same situation would say. It's okay. It's actually a good thing that we love Anna. It's a good thing that we love your grandparents. But as a mom, that was a tough one to swallow in the beginning. I I have to agree with you. I
6: never went on a school bus trip. I was always working, and I'm very car sick. So even as my guys got older, I would say, do you feel bad I wasn't the one who went on the trip? They'd say, oh, no, Uncle Bill loved the trip. So, you know, it's the same kind of thing. We think we have to know all, be all, do all. So what you're saying, Sandy, I mean, we're really, we're both coming from the same place. I think children really benefit, actually, especially if we can let go and we're not so self-critical, we're not sending a message that oh, I'm not the one to go. Second place is Uncle Bill. <laughs> you know, it, it,
2: it really is important. But it's it's also a secondary message because if we as moms are so upset that the the red tablecloth didn't get put on and it wasn't done this way they they're they're not the children aren't enjoying the joy that whatever tablecloth was on there, if there wasn't even the tablecloth on there. Oh, well, you still had a fun birthday. And I think letting go and letting somebody else facilitate a joyful event in a child's life, even though we're not a part of it, we might be able to, and I understand what you're saying, this woman in Afghanistan needing to be a part of it and needing to feel like she has been a part of this this event in their children's lives. I think any of us, whether we're in Afghanistan or whether we're sitting at the office downtown, we have to be able to be st- strong enough to let go and say our children are enjoying another person's uh, gift to them uh, of their lives. So that once you let go of that, that sort of anal retentiveness, <laughs> that you can just finally say, oh, my children had an awesome day.
6: And that's awesome. That's wonderful. And well, had an experience you might not have ever been able to give them. It really right. is a is a broadening of their childhood.
1: Well, it's a broadening of everybody. Like, one, like Rob, you called it anal retentiveness. I called it fear, fear that my kids won't love me, fear that somebody will do it better, and my kids won't think I'm, you know, good enough. I mean, to me, it was all fear-based. But when you mm. do let go, you know, like my dad comes in, and now he makes the one-eyed egg. And, you know, the kids love yeah. the yeah. one-eyed yeah. egg. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> You open yourselves up to more fun when you let go a little bit on the details. And I had to learn to do that. I had to learn to let go because I was like, look, we have oatmeal, we have this, we have that. These are our choices, blah, blah, blah. You know, and here he makes this one-eyed egg. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's a one-eyed egg. But you know what? Now I make the one-eyed egg. And if you let yourself go and trust that it's all going to be okay, I think that's a big part of it.
6: Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think it's true. It's interesting too how we want we want the best of our parents to live through our children too. I have probably never dunked a, a cookie or a donut in anything I've ever drank in my entire life. So when I saw my little Christopher dunking an Oreo for the first time in milk, I thought. <laughs> Who does this? And I said you're, you're dunking that, Chris. He was like grandma. I said, okay. <laughs> and so you know, it's precious to see some of the traits just just move down through the generations, and that's just what Robin, you and Sandy both yeah. saying. If you're if you're r- realizing the richness, and sometimes it isn't the grandparents, but it is a wonderful caregiver, a precious babysitter, um, another military mom another military dad and people are sort of sharing their resources um and you know it can be a very valuable experience um, very, for children very much so
2: dr suzanne phillips thank you so much every time we visit with you we just are relieved because of the things that we worry so much <laughs> about we realize that we just have to let go and enjoy the moment and thank you so much for giving that to us
6: thanks so much for having me on it's always a pleasure
2: well, ladies, next week, we have got a great show. Not only do we have Marcella Stretch visiting us, we get to say uh, Happy New Year to parents of deployed service members, but we have an author um, uh, in, excuse me, I, I thought it was right here in front of me, and I don't have it in front of me. Angela oh, Rayhack is her name. I've got it. She's written two books called Uncle Sam's Kids Moving Again, Mom, and When Duty Calls. And we have a gentleman joining us. He's going to be visiting us from time. Time to time during the year, Mr. Stephen Boyd will be a part of our show, so you won't want to miss what he has to say um, about all he's learning about veterans. See you next week. Bye.